and welcome back to another episode of the Amera Podcast. Boom. Shabam, wow. we made it to another random another. 174. Sure did. 174. That's what I got. Wow. Or or is it? We have had some phantom episodes. That's I true. Believe, I, I would be curious what our high. actual yeah. But like what are numbers and what it's counting? Yeah, it's our podcast. So. We can name whatever episode, whatever number we want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're a number pie. Yeah. Get out get out of here. Episode like, unicorn party. Let's go. <laughs> Today we are here to talk about a couple green topics, I guess. Uh we've got to begin the Inflation Reduction Act, which was just announced from the Senate. And New act, same as the old act, maybe. Yeah. Just slap a new name on it. <laughs> Give it a little sparkle and shine, a little polish. And then we, uh, we're we going to talk about what's going on with Trump. It looks like the Department of Justice may be investigating him. In what? A- For what? Yeah. Being too good of a golfer. Being too good at being <laughs> president. Not allowed. I Illegal. Heard, I heard he ran over a, a Secret Service agent with a golf cart one day. He was just so drunk. Wow. And, uh, uh, well, <laughs> other than the drunk part, a thousand percent believable. Right. Yo, speaking of leaders on maybe weird drugs, I saw a uh, a video of Hitler uh, in like the late 30s totally fucking tweaking on uh, amphetamines yeah. the other day. And wow. Have you seen that Don't video? Don't know if I have, but it uh, makes sense to me. I mean, the whole German army was yeah, just like... Yeah, right? Like, uh, he's got a history of... Yeah, like, meth. totally believable. <laughs> like, basically the entire yeah, world. Per, like, the history yeah. of it. But he was literally, like, tweaking. I was like, yo, that guy's on some fucking drugs right now yeah and he's powerful yeah problem issue (laughs) well we've got before we get into it the original crew in the house minus one tyler grillo who's on a special top secret mission we can't disclose yeah what or where he's doing getting tan and forgetting about us it's fine it's fine it's totally fine (laughs) super secret mission but out here in colorado we've got Mr. John Kelly, out in the Denver metro area. How are you this evening? So good. So good. Happy to be back. Yeah. Yeah. And also in the Denver metro area, Mr. John Anderson. How are you this evening, sir? I'm good. Uh, I just did a call previous to this, and I was told I was chatty. So uh, let's see how this goes. Yeah. Chatty, Andy. I, 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 I think you are. We've already gotten to Hitler. We're three minutes in. That is the race that we try to get to every podcast, right? Like, who gets the first Hitler reference in a relevant way? Oh, man. Yeah, you already got your Yahtzee. These are all just bonus after this. Winning. Turn off the podcast. I'm done. (laughs) And I am your host, Blake Mannion. What are you drinking tonight? I've got a vodka cocktail of sorts. A little, a little mixer. It's uh, fruity and delicious, but it's only. What's the, it's, what's the fruity part? It's my only one because I, uh, I had a couple beers last night, and uh, you know, I'm not trying to go into the weekend with this much alcohol in my system, but sometimes <laughs> you have to create the imbalance to therefore reach the balance, right? Yeah, I read that yep. in a book. Yeah, sometime. Yeah, yeah, half half a drink starts to raise the guardrails up a little bit, just a little yeah, bit. It's exactly. like they're old, they're old, you know, they're old on chains. So you got to start cranking them. <laughs> what are you saying, man? Are you saying I'm getting old? Well, I mean, we all are, buddy. It's We're okay. old. It's, it's you make bad. it sound like I've got a uh, like a castle 
drawbridge over a moat system going on for arms or something. I uh, was talking to a mutual friend of ours uh, recently, and because uh, it was my, I turned thirty four recently, and uh, she was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, like you're going to be coaching players who are twice your age pretty soon." And I was like, "No, I'm not." And then I did the math, and I was like, "Oh no, twice your age, <laughs> young, right?" Or I'm two years away from coaching 18 year olds who are twice, who are half my age. So, uh, woof, that was a, that was, that was a nice little, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. I was thinking about it too. We're, we're getting closer to our, well, now we're just dating ourselves. We should move on. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go. We're here to talk about, Hey, you guys, I was thinking about this earlier. Is that, when was the last time that we did a podcast about relevant political topics and had multiple topics on the podcast and they were ostensibly and we can i guess argue about this a little bit but ostensibly good news <laughs> yes that's uh that's a fair question yeah when was the last time that we didn't do like uh, a history a, a podcast or yeah, like, like oh man that you was know what? not a depressing you can tell just by the beginning of this episode that there's a little more pep in our step right? Was it like mm-hmm. January 25th, 2021, the last time that we did a positive podcast? Yeah, it's, it's been a yeah, dark winter. Possibly. It's been a dark winter, bro. Yeah. I was thinking about this while I was swimming. I was like, oh my God, we have two top. And now here's the counter argument is that, uh, spoiler alert for later in the podcast, folks, talking about a president possibly being indicted for crimes isn't good news. No, it's so not. Yeah. that might be the, the <laughs> counter example, but I right. will make the case right. in this context. Good news. Right. Right. And I, and right. I will say that our first topic, which is the introduction of the uh, inflation reduction act of 2022 in the Senate from last night is actually good news. Um, yeah. Some, some people might not since uh, in a lot of ways for, for those of you who aren't, uh, totally familiar with it yet. Uh, What it does is it's basically a replacement for the Build Back Better Act, um, which couldn't get passed because Joe Manchin wouldn't discuss pieces of it. Boo, Joe Uh, Manchin. (laughs) And, uh, you know, they they were in conversations, you know, about it to see whether or not they could push the Build Better Act past the line. And Manchin seemed pretty well dug in that he wasn't going to move anything expected especially given some of the uh, energy pieces of it because they thought it would help increase inflation in the country. And so the new act that was introduced last night um, slashes some of the spending while still raising taxes in certain areas to bring back more money into the federal government. So it's a net positive and decreases some of the problems with our (laughs) ballooning deficit, right? Even if it's just a couple drops. (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, uh, so specifically kind of jumping into it, uh, what it does is it, it sets a new, uh, corporate minimum tax at 15%. So that's across the board on all corporate taxes, uh, which increases, you know, tax across the board. It, it somewhat brings in a little bit more and closes some of the loopholes from the Trump budgetary tax cuts. Uh, it does allow people to negotiate prescription drug prices for Medicare recipients, big one, big which win. is really legitimate. Um, and should be something that's supported on both sides of the aisle. <laughs> the reason that's important is it should be able to, um, if you have Medicare come in, uh, Medicare is a giant um, fish in a, a small pond. And so they can go to drug companies and be like, 
drug companies will be like, we're going to pay a thousand or you have to pay a thousand dollars for insulin. And Medicare is like, no, we don't. We're going to pay you $50 for insulin and you're going to like it because otherwise you lose all of our business. And they're able to go in and hopefully the theory is pretty dramatically reduce drug prices, which will be great for a whole host of people, uh, most significantly seniors. Yep, hundred percent. I mean, we don't have to get into it. This is a, isn't a pat, uh, podcast currently about you know Medicare costs in this country or just costs in general. But that'll be maybe another weeds deep dive in the future. You know, we really should. Yeah, um, we should do the tech talk, and then we should do the Medicare deep dive. <laughs> yeah, content genius right here. We'll Let's get a whole go. bunch of ten listeners to get into those ones, especially <laughs> the second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, honestly, what what I'm most excited about is more of the uh, energy part of it, which was a was a large portion of the Build Back Better Act, um, but was slashed a lot by Mansion, mainly because of the implications on on coal and coal subsidies that were in the previous act. Uh, but still, in this one, even though the spending gets cut from like 700 billion and change to like 400 billion and change, which uh, is is a pretty dramatic cut. You still will see probably 40% of admissions cut nationwide by 2030, given the types um, of clean energy subsidies. I saw a tweet from uh, Robison Meyer, who's a staff writer at The Atlantic, and uh, his estimate was that it would cut carbon pollution uh, if it is fully effective. It will uh, cut carbon emissions up to the 2023 uh, metric by 69.69 percent. Nice. Mm. You know how we like our 69s. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Very important that we share this particular statistic on the podcast. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. and that's that's a good point too uh, to make on the side is that you can almost find a statistic for 69 in anything. So I'm glad you brought that in. Very important. Um, I think that the 40% what I was citing was to get us back to like uh, Paris climate agreement goals Ah, uh, in terms of of that cut. But still, I mean, what you're looking at within the spending of this bill is like 60 billion for onshore clean energy manufacturing, 60 billion for environmental justice priorities, communities of colors and low-income communities to get clean energy and renewable energies in home, supporting the transition to electric clean heat pumps and other electric appliances to cut down on emissions from production and consumption areas. So what, is this going to Yeah, go ahead. When we're talking about environmental justice, would this be a good example? So, I see a lot like on Twitter and such. Um you know, here's the the heat differentials of a middle class neighborhood with trees versus an inner class, uh, an inner city neighborhood without any trees, and the the temperature differentials are crazy. Like it's it's a nightmare yeah. to five live to in ten city. degrees usually between yeah, those neighborhoods. It's crazy. Like so, like yep. if I said I was going to go, I, I'm advocating for investing in environmental justice. It would be accurate to say one of those things might be to give people an example of what environmental justice is. Uh, we're going to make sure that there's adequate tree coverage for. For all of our city, uh, regardless of income, so people, you know, don't right. melt. Right, in right, the heat. The, right. The majority of the federal grant monies that would end up coming out of that, like sixty billion dollars for environmental justice, would be directly to communities, right, that need that kind of improvement. Cool. Right, help with infrastructure building for clean energy access, infrastructure building uh, for 
uh, new improved building codes and building shells. So we're kind of talking across the board there. But yeah, it's exactly, it's a very good um, example, John. Yep. Is Word. there anything in there that's going to put money towards infrastructure for cities like that have poor water, like what happened in Flint or anything like that? Hmm. I don't know if that's relevant. You know, Blake that might fall under this. environmental justice, but that's it a good could. question. It could yeah. Yeah. fall under environmental justice. Because I know justice. that there are still spots around the country, probably an increasing amount, where they have like failing water systems. And it kind of all ties into, you know, polluting yeah. our, our water sources and, and maintaining that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that there was more of that type of like water and sewage replacement in the infrastructure bill. Um, but I, I don't know for sure. So I don't want to go and, and say one way or yeah, the other. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to look into it. Yeah. So that's, that's a good one to look into though. Um, I, either way though, it's, if it can be passed in the house, but like before we celebrate too much, it's likely going to be passed in the Senate in the next couple of days right. and the house has to come back and do it since they're basically going on their August vacation starting Monday. Um, at some point, the House has to come back and pass it before it can go through. <laughs> and we'll see if the House can do it. There's some some weird metrics there, but likely the House probably will pass it, the threat to this bill from in the House is from the left, not the right. I would imagine. Right. right? It right. It's whether it's, yeah. it satisfies the farther left, more environmentally yeah. conscious group of House members. That's 100% so correct. For listeners, the let's let's call them like the the Green Deal block might say, we don't want to pass this because you're going to declare victory on climate and this doesn't come anywhere close to tackling right. what, it's we half of what we It's half what we need. Yeah. Yeah. It's half so we're, we we're voting this down because you need to come back and give us more. That's something that could happen. Um but Nancy Pelosi's probably going to murder some people. Uh, I I would say and I and I would hope that democratic leaders in the house and and really all members look in the mirror and go this might be the best chance we have to pass pass anything climate related in the next yeah. four years maybe six Thanks. years potentially i mean it could yeah. it, it could even be longer and honestly even though it's not everything we want and trust me i'm not happy with everything that's in there either i don't think it goes far enough either but no. um it's it's likely it's the best deal likely the best deal we're going to get and it's probably the most progressive thing we've done as a country climate wise Right. Um, totally. it, we, it gets we us need back in the game, unfortunately. Wise. Yeah. Unfortunately, we need yeah. to pass it and then we can sit around and argue and say it didn't go far enough and try to push for more. Yeah. But I would rather argue it didn't go far enough and it passed than it didn't go far enough. So we sabotaged it. Agreed. Yep. Well, either way, it's going to be interesting to see how this all rolls out. Hopefully, hopefully people keep working together and we can pass some shit because. Let's be honest, I think that something like this would, uh, I don't want to say inspire, but remind the American people that, you know, things can move forward and we can make some moves. It proves the government can work, which is something that we all need proof of uh, in this country. And so the the partisan gridlock has been so bad the last 20 years. Nothing has gotten It's been terrible. (laughs) I mean, we have lived in a society that has not been functioning properly. If that it feels that way, it should, because it is. Um, And we can talk about like 
who bodes responsibility for that. Right, right. Uh, well, but it is a fact that this country has not functioned properly in the last 20 or 30 years. I wonder if uh, another major unifying political event could uh, bring the country together a little bit more like perhaps. Oh, like an investigation Trump of Trump? <laughs> Like throwing a president. Hey, we saw there was a little bit of unification with um, the RNC threatening to uh, not pay his legal bills, which was interesting. Yeah. Although, if, if you read, runs. if he runs, I read a little bit deeper in it. And it was a little less exciting than the headline would suggest. Yeah. Um, don't announce still, it. Don't announce it before the midterms. That's what they're saying. Exactly. Let us win yeah, back the House and probably the Senate, and then announce do yeah. whatever you want afterwards. We'll keep paying for your bills. Yeah, exactly. But it is an interesting indication about, um, you know, Trump has pretty much been able to roll the RNC however he wants to. And the fact that there's leverage going back and forth now. Not only the committee, uh, the entire entire party. It's like it's really interesting, you know, given what has transpired. And I know we're going to jump into this now, kind of transpiring in the January 6th committee hearings and potential DOJ investigation. But you know, it's it's still wild to me every time I, I start reading about it that there's still so many GOP either candidates running for something currently for this fall or are still in the House or the Senate that really disagree with what happened on January 6th, disagree with the big lie, and they just won't come out and say it because they're so scared of Trump and his supporters in terms of what the base looks like in the Republican Party. It is such a cancer. And some of that I've heard uh, is not political fear but physical, physical fear. fear in really deep red areas in some of these states yeah. where where it's 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 smart intelligent people going they might kill my family yeah like i i fear for my family which is a wild place that like we should all ruminate on the fact that that's where we are in this country and that's people ways. that they agree with right that's people that they agree with so and, and i think that that's why um you know holding trump uh, responsible for crimes is important because we have to prove the rule of law and accountability in this country. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I've been preaching the whole time is like, we, we have to set precedent with, with this dude. Yeah. We, we, there is a question before the country currently, which has not, um, been a question I would say that has been called seriously since before the founding of the nation, but it was the quintessential calling, uh, which was, are is somebody above the law right like we withdrew withdrew is a funny word withdrew from the british empire because the the king was unaccountable and we decided against a monarchy pretty aggressively because of that the the thing that was uh most hotly contested in the constitutional constitutional convention was the power in the executive because the framers were fearful of too much power and Right now, the question in the country has been called, is the president above the law? We assumed for the entirety of the country that they were not. But there weren't presidents that fully tested that. I mean, you could maybe say Nixon. Uh, you could maybe say Reagan with Iran-Contra. You could maybe say Clinton with his blowjob. And so, <laughs> you know, yep. but there hasn't been a, a, a president that fully, fully committed it committed to questioning that until Trump. Now he has. And so the question before the American populace in elections and the question before the DOJ right now is, is the president above the law? If the DOJ does not prosecute, we have answered, yes, the president is above the law. If 
we at least indict and prosecute, then the the question remains open and we, we will see the result of that, which is going to be extraordinarily interesting. Right. Right. I, I agree with you, uh, John. And, you know, I I think you covered it really well. That inherent question never was challenged because nobody ever really tried to push it to the limit. Trump did. And he said he was going to do it and he fucking did it. You know, yeah. it's like, when he and ran, everybody's like, he's not going to do it. Do it. He's, just, like, he's just speaking. Metaphor he just said he was. And they're like, yeah, yeah but he's whatever. not going to do it. It's uh, like, but, but, but yeah. And then they were like, you're being hysterical. And it's like, wait in four years when the country's on fire. Uh, and Anyways, I'm not bitter about that. No, no, certainly not. Everything's fine. Uh, it's everything's totally fine. fine. But I mean, you know, it, it was, I think it's, it is the momentum is moving towards the criminality of this. It has taken the January 6th committee a lot of time to gather the information and to present it to the public in a way that's digestible. I think it is swaying more Republicans who are more central and are more in the middle. I think it's swaying them to realize that no matter what, we could disagree on all the political stuff, but we can't allow that to happen no matter what side it's on, right? We can't let that happen. I think it's swaying more people. And Merrick Garland came out very strong in the last week and said, the president is not above the law. He's not above the law, period. Or, wait, he didn't say yeah. the president. Sorry, he said no man is above the law. No one. No one. No one. Right? And so that's a very strong indication. There's now been – there's leaks that um, the former chief of staff um, – I forgot. For Pence. It, there's people that are already getting summoned before, you know, grand jury testimony in a criminal case. It's already happening. It's getting leaked. DOJ is already starting it. So where that goes, we don't know. But given the evidence that's there and has been presented by January 6th committee, it seems very likely there will be some kind of charges at some point. Here's uh, the the lead from um, the Washington Post. the, the story that prompted this, uh, the justice department is investigating president Donald Trump's actions as part of its criminal probe of efforts to overturn the 2020 election results. According to four people familiar with the matter, prosecutors who are questioning witnesses before a grand jury, including two top aides to vice president, Mike Pence have asked in recent days about conversations with Trump, his lawyers and others in his inner circle who sought to say blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, the, and, and it's specifically about the fake electors thing, which is a, very important subplot to all yeah. of this. I also, yeah, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was like Mick Mulvaney's staff also. I think that's what I, who I was trying to name before. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's happening. The DOJ, I think it was never going to stay quiet forever. Right. And I think a lot of people were like, why is there nothing public that's happening at the DOJ? Right. Why aren't we seeing anything or moving faster? And right. I, I, I think they probably did lean on a, uh, the publicity from the January 6th hearing and waited to see some more of the evidence that was gathered by Congress before they fully jumped into certain aspects of the January 6th. I, I really hope you're wrong about the latter part of that. I hope that they are well ahead, but we'll see. They might not. We'll see. Um, like <laughs> I said, I think at the maybe after the first hearing, uh, my conspiracy theory is that the DOJ has waited to release anything until the January 6th hearings to for political cover. Um, yeah, I just, I just mean that, that it's, it's very hard to m- keep a grand jury secret at the DOJ in this level of publicity. So like that aspect sure. of like the investigation, I think definitely waited. So I think you're right. I think that was a political play on the DOJ side. Right. Mm. 
and it could be the other way, right? Which is, I think, what you're kind of saying, which is their hand got forced because of the January 6th hearing rather than waiting for yep, it could to, be. Yep. Uh, I see. you know, I think both are yeah. very plausible. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do think it is important that we just know, like we talked about earlier, which was this is kind of how we want it to work. Like we want Congress to go out and do an investigation for the people so that the people can understand what's going on. Then we also want criminal probes and those types of things operate in different spaces. So like, they're supposed to, you know, (laughs) and they're supposed to, to. (laughs) you know, in Congress it's, it's, it's political at the DOJ. It's beyond a reasonable doubt. Right. And like, there's different standards and, and different consequences for those types of things. And I think we've um, done well so far. Yeah. It's been frustrating, but like, it's supposed to be, this is supposed to how it's, it's supposed to work. And it's supposed to be slow. We'll see what the results for, is. I mean, for, you know, for like, posterity's sake, right. And for future generations, it's important that it goes through all of this. Right. Yep. It, 100%. it really is, is that it lays out what, what makes it tough is because of the potential violence and the fervor of the Trump supporters and the people that, we're so close yeah. to governmental power and people that are still sitting in positions of potential power that still support the big lie and still support in, in indirect channels, but channels that it ha- way that it happened. Um, that's, what's really frustrating. You want to see it happen quickly. And there's, there's going to be no, no matter what happens here, there's going to be a segment of the population that will go to their graves thinking that Trump di- uh, Trump absolutely won the election. Mm-hmm. No matter what happens with these hearings, there is yeah. a there's a solid percent of the population that will believe that and some of them that will believe it privately even without saying it outwardly. And whether that's and, upwards uh, of a quarter of the population, even a third, we don't we don't know. Right. But for posterity's sake, we have to lay out and put everything in a public record. So hopefully if it calms down and the world's not totally on fire in a hundred years, people can look back and go, of course he was fucking guilty. And a lot of people lost their fucking minds based on a lot of things that led up to it. Uh, and were blinded by a lot of untruths that they followed because of their passions for whatever it might be. But that's why you got to lay it out. I just think like, think about what happens at the arraignment. Mm-hmm. I don't like, know, man. Yeah. It'd be, it's what happens be wild. when Trump is arraigned? What I mean, uh, like that will be, think about the MAGA fucks who show up to that, right? Oh, like, yeah. there's to me, there is a hundred percent chance of violence at that event. Yeah, bunch of yeah, and bunch so of like DC again, standing in the streets, no doubt. Yep, yeah. but but that being said, we have to do it still. Yep. You can't let the threat of violence. Right. Not doing it is a surrender to them. No, exactly, and and. All the more reason, I mean, as much as like it's a slow process and it's going to take its time, I I think that behind the scenes, there is this pressure to get this done before the next election cycle. I hope so. The DOJ did indicate um, that we're coming into a phase of we're not you know, going to do too much because elections, but. Like I said earlier, I think on the last podcast, maybe Comey did write that fucking I letter hope that a week before. So we've kind of crossed that fucking yeah, Rubicon. Unfortunately, and sorry, I, go ahead, Blake. Yeah, I was just gonna say I hope that this resolves well before the election, and that it does not kind of build up to a climax with the election. Oh, I think it will. If that makes sense. I think the DOJ, unless the DOJ has a lot on their hands, um, those grand jury stuff goes slow. 
to build a federal case. It grows yeah, t- It takes time. And I mean, it, it's going to turn into a circus. We can guarantee it. If the, if the Republicans win back control of the House, Mike McCarthy's already promised that they're going to launch other hearings that are anti-January 6th hearings. They're going to do... It's a counter-January yeah, They're, they're going to do... Which is yeah. going to just muddy the water and the information more. It's going to slow down what the DOJ is doing on their other side. It's going to slow... And it's going to just mess up public opinion. It's just... It's going to be a Fox News fucking sure. hit piece in the terms of Congress. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, you... I'm sorry. I just have to go off on this tangent for one sec because there are actually people that have sworn testimony under the January 6th committee. And then that two days later, they go to Fox News and they say the exact opposite of what they say. They're like, didn't yeah, you say right. this to the January 6th committee? They're like Sean Hannity. And they'll be like, yeah, of course I said that. And it's the exact opposite of what they said. But it helps the ratings yeah. in Fox News. It's like, go up to those fuckers for lying to Congress, too, please. Someone, for yeah. fuck's sake. Yep. Stop allowing them to spread that shit ridiculous i'm yeah. sorry it's just so well and so that is that is illegal it's, right so uh, i think maybe, maybe. <laughs> it, 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 i know that's the thing it's that's maybe. The thing. like they didn't lie to congress they're lying to fox news and that's not illegal that's actually in fact protected by the first amendment how do you prove though that it's not the inverse of that you know um without some kind of like investigation you, you you well that, exactly you have an investigation and you say yeah. there's 10 people corroborating this thing is that true and they say yes and then they go on fox news and they say no nah, it's not true and you're like but so you know that's not illegal that in fa- and we don't want it to be illegal also no, is the thing we don't want that to be illegal uh that is the thing that is so difficult about the the fox news information problem we have is it used to be i think and it, it's not clear when this delineation was, but it used to be a demand, a supply problem. By that, I mean Fox News was supplying a bunch of garbage that people were consuming, right? And so there are ways to go after Fox News that are easier and not illegal and all that kind of stuff. You can have private groups go after their funding and, and whatever. Now we have a demand problem, which is people – think that Fox News is too liberal and they're going to outlets like OAN and shit like that. Incredible. And so there's now a market mm-hmm. for this, right? Yeah. And that is a whole bigger fucking problem because you cannot attack that problem legally and you shouldn't be able to attack that problem legally because of the First Amendment. And so there you're talking about like a a, a counter extremism strategy, basically. Yeah. But you're talking about that for a third of our population. So this is where, um, when you start doing that math, you're like, oh, uh, we're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> but there are, um, this is the positive podcast positive today. Tonight. So we're going to stay, <laughs> we're staying fucking positive. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna do two things. We're gonna prove that government can work. By passing this fucking legislation, and 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 attacking climate and and all that kind of good stuff, and then we're going to prove that we can hold douchebags accountable by indicting the former president for all the crimes that he committed, which are very clearly crimes. And we can go back even to the Mueller report and all sorts of things. So, listeners, listeners, if you haven't, just do yourself a favor and go watch those outtakes. From January 7th when he was making speeches and uh, couldn't say that the election wasn't over, couldn't say that there's violence, stuff like that. It's very interesting. Very telling. That was 
the one of the most behind the curtain shit moments I can yeah, think. Do of. yourself like, a favor and watch it. Ah, uh, man, and he like yesterday's a hard word like that shit. Oh man, just I would watch. They said they have like an hour of that footage. I would watch the whole. I would pay pay per view <laughs> to watch that whole <laughs> fucking you just thing. Wait. Once once oh, uh, man. once uh, they do indict him, if they throw him in jail, that'll be Trump live pay per view, and it'll just be him trying to support yeah, his legal bills from jail. Like releasing that stuff oh to prove he's. I would, I would, I would consider paying him money to watch that shit. Wow. <laughs> right, Trump, if you're listening, yeah, take notes. You got another market. Anyways, people, uh, please. Uh, the midterms are coming up. If you have not registered to vote, please register to vote. Uh, if right. your friends have not registered to vote, please ask them to. Uh, this is this is the season, and I promise you, I promise you. I promise you, everyone for the next couple election cycles are going to say this is the most important election of your life. Previous to this, at times, they were lying to you. They're not anymore. The, it is yep. true. So uh, democracy is on the ballot. And if you want to continue to have a voice in the way that your government is run, show up this time. Godspeed, folks. Mm-hmm.